You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosen. That's pretty good. Have you ever thought of voiceovers? No. Good. You shouldn't. Yeah. There's. I don't want to take away your work. No. You you do great at what you do. Rob, did you have, uh, have you had a good week? I had a terrible week. Did you? Why? No, I didn't. I had a good week. Did you? Yeah. I mean, you got a kid who shit on the floor the other day. Yeah, last night he took a shit on the now, floor. Now, why, why didn't he have his diaper on? Explain. He's got a diaper rash, so we were letting him air out his butt. How long did you let him air out his bee? Uh, it was about 10 minutes. And in 10 minutes, he just cranked one I, out. I checked an email on my phone. Human, and then human played And then smelled shit and turned and looked, and it was sitting well, on the floor. Do you get upset? You're, is your reaction first, like, don't try to act like Mr. Perfect Dad. Do you ever go, God damn it? Or do you go, oh, my God. I thought it was funny. You laughed. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Well, Irv, my dog, who's my child, he he went out there, but he always like squats around the whole yard like he has to... Yeah, you were screaming. I wasn't screaming. No, don't you, make me... You were screaming. You were yelling. You no, were upset. I, no. Not at Irv. Steps, you were... I, was, I was like, it took me 30 minutes to get the shit off his right paw. Yep. I was just like, what are you doing? Why do you step on your own shit? You're too old for this, buddy. But I wasn't yelling at him. Also, yesterday was a cool day. Fat Scooters delivered a... They drove six hours. My friend Drew and Peter drove from Vegas, or excuse me, Phoenix, in a van and brought me a Fat Scooter. If you haven't seen the Fat Scooters, check out my Instagram. These things are incredible, and I'm going to get you you guys some deals. I'm trying to get some codes and stuff because... It's the most fun I've ever had. They get me a helmet and like, you know, I'm cruising around the neighborhood. I don't even need to drive my car anymore. I love this. It's got Bluetooth speakers. It's badass. And uh, we we also, thanks to all the fans for doing, uh, I did a stage it, Rob. What's a stage it? A stage it's like an online, you know, we perform in my basement online. Who performed? The band Left what? on Laurel. You have a band? Yeah, you know this. And people like tip for our album to, to kind of get our album going. Did you make a lot of money? We we just made it a little to, to go towards the album, but it's huge because and, and then we give prizes like we we skyped five fans like we skyped them at their house the whole band for like twenty minutes and then we gave out albums signed by the band which the albums are coming out but those will be sent but it's pretty cool anyway let's get into our guest today yeah it's Maria Menounos Maria Menounos who's an old friend of mine and uh, she's a young friend too though what do you mean oh you mean she's, no, she's not old right? I mean I've known her, her a while like okay. when I say old friend I've known her we did a movie called Kicking It Old School which was a movie that was so bad Dax texted me in the theater during the premiere and said it's so bad I can't believe I'm not in it uh, it it's a pretty uh, you know but we had a lot of fun and I when I met her I realized wow this she is just an incredible woman and she has an incredible story you know her from like watching E! News right and all that mm-hmm. she's just been around there she's a great reporter she's got a great personality she's beautiful she's charming she's smart and she went through she a, a tumor she had a brain tumor and she tells the story so open and candidly that i think you're in for some real uh get get ready for a good cry well, michael was sobbing on the couch. well i did get pretty emotional but uh it's it's more than that it's 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 about life it's about living and it's a, it's much more than just uh all that so let's get inside of maria menounos it's my point of view you're listening to inside of you Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Oh my God, your man cave is amazing. Do you like it? It's a little screening room that comes down, a big screen. Wait, what, what's happening? I like walked in and got smothered by dogs and now I'm in a really... <gasps> That's my favorite movie of all time. Isn't she the scariest character of all time? The Wicked yes. Witch of the West? Oh, see, now I love you got to come to my house because we have in our, our screening room, we have the posters outside, 
But I really uh, like seeing Oh, well, you know, you have a big one. You have like, you want to put your headphones on? You like hearing uh, yourself? Yeah, I guess so. I'm will. sure you do. You're like me. We, we like. Okay, well, hi. Oh, so Here you I just am. Got, now you I can got hear sexier myself. just now. You're like, all of a sudden, <laughs> there's the Fran Drescher, what do you call it? You said it's a cross between. David Letterman yeah. uh, was that? said that. it was like a <laughs> dolphin. Jeremy Piven said it was a goat mounting a dump truck. I mean, there have been a lot the of. Laugh? Did you ever try laugh. to change your laugh? I love I it. I do have different octaves and different laughs, I feel like, for different situations. What's a small laugh? Like if somebody said something you thought mm-hmm. was kind of. Like I kind of do like, oh, like, well, like, like that was that. kind of yeah. funny. Yeah. But if you're hysterical. <laughs> if I'm hysterical, <laughs> it could go in like like kind of old man, like deep, <laughs> like something <laughs> stupid. It depends. Like my that's my giggle, I think. Yeah. That's good. You look great. You look the Thanks. same as you did when we did that movie. Kicking yeah. it old school. Kicking old school probably how many years ago? Oh my God. So long ago now. Like, that's got to be over 10 years. Yeah. 10 years ago. Shit. Maria Menounos, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you today. <laughs> I really, I'm excited about this. I wanted you as this a guest so on the show. Cool. Wait, how long have you been doing a podcast? Uh, how long have we been doing? I mean, we, we did a big relaunch. You know, it's funny because we were doing this podcast, Rob and I. By the way, how old do you think Rob is? Rob, 82? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucker's 29 already. That's my a evil kid. laugh. 29? Well, you know when someone says that, it's like they've got to be super old or something or super young. I was like, I don't know which way you're going with he's this. I'm going to go obnoxious. <laughs> I don't know. He's got the beard growing here. He's trying to look older, more mature. I think you're looking dirty a little bit. Rob's like, you should do a podcast. I'm like, everybody does a podcast. So we started doing it and I just fell in love with it because I felt like I, it gives me purpose. I don't know. I talk intimately about to people about their lives and they, they're open. So hopefully you'll be open today. Oh, I'm are open. Are you an open book? Are you pretty? Are you I'm pretty, pretty friggin' open. You're not a private girl. I'm pretty open. Have you heard my Howard Stern interviews? Yeah. 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 Didn't you propose? Didn't you get proposed to on that show or something? I did. Yeah. We almost got married on the show too. Now, see, like a lot of people would like would, would ask the question. I mean, why would you do that? Do you? Is it was it- not my choice. No, Kevin was going to surprise me with the wedding. So after when I was recovering from brain surgery, I was like, we need to get married and let's have kids. And I was just getting like, I was so vulnerable. And I just, this person's like taking such good care of me. And I was like, all the things that just didn't matter all of a sudden mattered and you know he was like at some point he was like i got something up my sleeve and i was like oh god he was like don't worry about it's for me to know you to find out like whatever and i was like okay no clue what he was doing i had no idea what he was planning so then new year's eve rolls around i'm working for steve harvey and fox Mm -hmm. and they asked me if we would get married on the show so i at first said no. I was like, no way. And, and then I thought about it. Dollars. And then after they didn't offer me a million dollars, <laughs> I was like, wait a second. This seems like a great idea. I don't have to worry about inviting people. I don't oh. have to put anything together. This is great. So I said yes. And initially was going to surprise him. So I didn't tell him for a minute. And then I realized I couldn't figure out how to get him into a tux. How do I get him ring sized? And so I finally let him in on it. And he's sweating bullets, freaking out. He doesn't like the attention, though. Really? No. Well, he never did. But Howard was the one who kind of outed him in a sense. And now he had already gone down the line with Howard and Beth and Gary Delabate. They were planning the wedding with, you know, everybody there. And now he had to call them and tell them. Howard would have been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have been there, right. Beth was like planning my dress and like they were all working on it. And then he had to call them and be like, Maria just took a turn, didn't tell me. Oh, and, yeah. You know, this is what's happening. And they're like, no, no, no. Because Beth was like, this is not a good idea. She's like, I don't know about this. Jesus. And then when he asked me, he's like, 
would you have wanted like the whack pack and everybody? Would you have been okay with that? <laughs> and what I looked at him and that? I go, absolutely. That would have been amazing. Yeah, that's yeah, you have a good personality like that. You're kind of like, you kind of <laughs> go with the flow. It would have been amazing. It would have been awesome. So much fun. Now you've been with Kevin for since what, 98? A little earlier than that, I think. So we will be together 21 years this April. How old were you when you met him? 19. You were doing all the pageants and stuff? Mm-hmm. No, I did one before and then one after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did you meet? We met uh, in Boston. Because he went to Emerson? No, he came back to Boston to make a movie. So he was head writer oh. here at MTV. He was working on Singled Out Singled and out, all of yeah. that. And then he came back to make a movie. And my cousin who went to high school with him in Winchester... Massachusetts was like, you know, I got a buddy when you want to go out to LA someday. I got this buddy. And I was like, he's blowing smoke on my ass. I have no idea who he's talking about. And so uh, eventually he came back and my cousin's like, hey, you want to work on my buddy's movie? And I was doing makeup at the Lord and Taylor Chanel counter in Copley Place in Boston. And I was like, yeah. And that was it. That was it. Was it love at first sight when mm-hmm. you met him? Really? Yeah. I mean, you're 19 years old. Yeah. No, I um I was obsessed. And then two, we spent two or three days together. And on the last day, I took him to Logan Airport. And we were chatting as he was waiting for the plane. Because back then, you could actually wait with somebody at the gate. Remember those days? Oh, yeah. And Those days. Yeah. And so he was telling me how he took massage therapy classes to, Kevin. Yeah, to help heal his dad of pain because he was going through cancer. Oh, wow. Or he had just passed of cancer at that point. And I was like, you're a caretaker? In my head, I'm thinking, oh, he's done. I'm going to make him fall in love with me. That's exactly what I need. Why did I think at 19 I needed a caretaker? I don't know. Are you a good caretaker? I don't know if I'm as good a caretaker as Are you one of those people that somebody scratches your back for 45 minutes and you're like, oh, fuck, I got to reciprocate. I'm Uh, tired. I don't want to. I'll give you a few strokes. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I I do that too. (laughs) Rob, you got enough fucking pictures here? What are you fucking? This is the longest picture. Have you noticed? I'm just like, gee, when <laughs> well, are these pictures going to be done? Well, well, he's seen them and he probably thinks they all look like shit. So he's well, like, mostly he's of me. I'll tell you that right now. This is, he's looking out for me. I should shut up. Right, Rob? But I like you on the he microphone. He said you should so shut could, up. Could, FYI. Go, you're my go-to guy over here. It's got to be hard for like, to, I mean, at 19, you've been with someone. Has there been those rocky roads? I think there have been moments. Yeah, have been definitely. like, oh my God, I just want to see another penis maybe. Um, yeah, well, I de- definitely didn't have a large collection of those. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. That's probably yeah. good. Um, I kissed my first boy at 18. I thought you were so, saying, I, guess, well, I, I mean, my... there was a very short window for anything to go right. on. I think that's good, though. I, I, I kind of wish I would have done that, um, but I didn't, I couldn't get nailed in woodshop back in high school. <laughs> uh, I was just not, you, you could probably sense that, but I was the shortest kid in my high school. So yes. I didn't get action until I was like 18. But, you know, I look back and I'm like, wow, the Midwest, if I would have just stuck around, I probably would have, you know, married quickly, mm-hmm. divorced quicker. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And look at me now. Look at you now. 46, single. I go in relationships. I have relationships. Uh-huh. You're 46? Yeah. I'm getting old. Shit. Yeah. You look good. Do you watch 90 Day Fiance? No. <gasps> Greatest show on television. Do you produce the show? No. You but, produce everything? No. But there's a guy on it who swears he's 40, and Kevin and I, every time it comes on the screen, we start dying laughing because he's literally 65. He looks old. He's so old. So I was look on up, there? Look up 90 Day Fiance. 90 Day Fiance. Uh, not Colt. Oh, God. He's the Wisconsin guy. Just look up the cast, and I'll show you. You tell me if this guy is 40. I'm dying. So you, you think I could go for 40 i could i could be 40 with oh, some makeup yeah. you can some better lighting this is yeah. led lighting this is not great lighting maria hold on let me see this bring Do it we over both here look like shit right now no you look great thanks i don't think i've ever seen <laughs> you look like shit 
I can. Actually, can I, I look like shit the other day. No, a week ago or so, we went to Whole Foods and I, I wasn't wearing makeup. My hair was just just shit. I just was in my sweats. And who do we bump into? But my very dear friend, Wilmer Valderrama. Wilmer, you directed Wilmer, didn't you? And yeah. And so I'm sitting with Wilmer, or me, Wilmer, Kevin, and this girl that was with him. We're all chatting. And Kevin's like, oh, Maria shit appearance by you in front of wilmer and every day he says it to fuck with me you know what you gotta embrace it because I'm this is the dying. reality isn't it oh my god uh, i'm a human at whole foods honey oh god it's so hard but I, I don't i don't make it much of an effort I, I it's hard for me to make a real effort like you're a guy guys i, I, like, well, I like sweatpants i like this is me you're gonna see me look like shit but you it's it's different for women it's harder it for is. women but it shouldn't be right yeah. yeah it really is harder for women people should say hey that's maria manuna she's beautiful Regardless. Not bad day. Yeah. Bad day, Manunas. Oh, yeah. You'd get killed. Do you go out with no makeup a lot? I do, like on the weekends when, you know what? I usually have something on because I don't like raw skin with the sun. So I have some, you know, SPF and then I put like at least a tinted moisturizer on so that I have a little extra barrier there. Is SPF important? I don't really do that. I, yes. I just wake up. I get one. I use Dermalogica that oh, has do. an SPF 50. I noticed it in your bathroom. Well, they're not an advertiser. But they should so, be. So uh, maybe they will. <laughs> maybe they will be. I do have some upstairs. Yes. Yeah. So you use that. You uh, how, many, how long does it take you to get ready? I get ready in probably 30 minutes, Max. 30 minutes. Yeah. If Kevin says, I'm gonna go, let's go out for a burger. Oh, yeah. No, we do it all the time. I have to be so fly. Like, Does he yeah. get frustrated? He's like, dude, we're going for a fucking burger. No, I've always been good. You're yeah. good. You've like a dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've always been like the girl that could just hang. Yeah. I felt like that when we did back, uh, not back in the day. That's another <laughs> Back movie. to the future. <laughs> uh, uh, kicking it old school. Mm-hmm. Kicking it old school. That's that where, so that's where we met. We had a blast. We filmed in Vancouver. Jamie Kennedy, uh, uh, Miguel Nunez, oh Bobby God. Lee. Do you remember Miguel's stories? No. <laughs> I remember him being stoned as shit. He told us a story about set. crabs one night. Maria, by the way, Miguel Nunos was Joanna Man. Yeah, he was in the movie Life, which is one of my favorite. So Look him up. He's the one. Amazing. He's the guy that coined the phrase. Mm-mm, don't be scared. Did he really? Don't be scared. He said, "Don't be scared." Watch Life. He's the one who did it. And he always says, "I'm the one who did that." I say "scared" all the time. Don't I didn't be know it was because of him. Don't be scared. And Bobby Lee, I freaking love Bobby I saw Lee. His purple penis. He showed it all the <laughs> time. He did all the time. But, uh, <laughs> I didn't look. But right, uh, yeah. no, he, he always showed his penis. Um, but uh, <laughs> he still. I haven't seen his penis in a while. I've, I've done his. What did it look well. like? I, I just remember it being a little purple. I'm colorblind, but he told me it was purple, so it made sense because it looked a little, okay. a little dark. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it can't was, you only see light fine. and dark? I, I really didn't stare at it long. Okay. Because <laughs> he was just bouncing around. It was in my trailer, and I had to kick okay. him out. But go ahead, uh, Miguel Nunes. Okay, back to Bobby Lee's penis. Now, if it was fully erect, how big do you think he was? I don't know. He's got a beautiful girlfriend, Kalila. She's great. So I assume he does the work. He's like he's like pleasing her. He's yeah. pleasing a woman. That's important. so you're saying he was small. No, I, I bet when he grow, he's a. I bet he's a grower. He's a grower, not a shower. Okay. Yeah, I mean, how many guys when you take off their shorts? Look like they they're they're you know they're endowed. Not many. You don't go look at a limp penis usually and go, oh god, that guy's got a big one. Yeah. Right? Do you? Well, you no. haven't seen any since you're 19. No. Just one. You have one. For all I know. No, I've seen one. No, I've seen. Wait one a minute. Or what? Two. I've seen them. Yeah. Seen them. Yes. What are we talking about? Like. Well, Brad I've engaged Pitt? with another human once. Oh yeah. 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 yeah another. Well, not one time, but there was another human. Before all right. So Kevin. you've seen a couple penises. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, what was that about? Because I just thought of the one that I had seen before, and it was quite large. It was a large one. A very large. Large one. limp. 
no person just walked into her room very erect and large and i was like whoa really yeah those were the college days i look at your career and what you've done and i look at someone who's like wow that person loves working she loves to work am i right about that yeah before tumor now i'm like i don't want to do anything (laughs) well i want to get there i have to be careful not saying that out loud because i do want to keep working but much less than my own see i didn't have a tumor but i've had some back surgeries and things like that and uh yeah you know and i just feel like um i'm at that age where i'm like i want to i want to work when i want to work if i if that's possible yeah i want to do it direct yeah, I directed a movie, and that was called Back in the Day. Yeah. And uh, it was Did a blast. Did you like that? I, I loved it, but it was debilitating because I was also the lead role in it. Yeah, and I was in every really scene. Hard. It was really hard. I almost killed myself. I mean, not suicide. I almost died. Yeah. I didn't almost die. I mean, I felt like I was going to die. Yeah. Like getting that tired, that fatigued for too long is unhealthy. And I'm not talking about, you know, if you're tired and you worked a couple days, this week was a long no, week. When you, when you work continuous. every day and you're stressed out every day, eventually your adrenals and all these things i've read tons about this i've seen neuropathic people the naturopaths yeah and everything is compromised yeah and when your levels all drop and your adrenals and your uh what's the other things that go bad i don't know well it's It's usually your adrenals cortisol levels levels. when all that's compromised then you're in trouble yeah it's fight or flight because then 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 it's hard to beat because and people will be like oh well you just need some sleep why are you tired why are you always Eventually, the stress, the, it's that thing where it's like fight or flight. For yeah. me, I had fight or flight. Yeah, me too. And I was doing stand-up for six months straight, fight or flight. Every day I woke up nervous and went to bed nervous. I woke up jittery. I was always like so so much pressure on myself mm-hmm. and doing so many things that it spun out of control. It spun out of control. And I look at people like, who's uh, a guy who passed away uh, from the Robin Joker. Williams. Joker guy. Oh, he Pleasure. Heath Ledger. You know, I remember my mom calling me, Michael, it's so tragic what happened to him. Please, I know you take some sleeping pills occasionally. And I don't want you <laughs> mixing this shit. And I'm like, oh my. But you know, you get so tired where you're like, I have to sleep tonight. Mm-hmm. I have to. So I have, have to take to a take pill something. tonight. And that's not working. And then you build up a sort of a, okay, now I'm taking another two pills. And now I'm mm-hmm. taking. And so I don't anymore. I said, I'm going to figure out how to fucking sleep. I'm going to have to figure out how to eat healthier. Yeah. I'm going to figure out how not to stress, most importantly. Yeah. So, all what those do you do? So, now you say a brain tumor, usually they say when something happens, when somebody hits rock bottom, yeah. that's when they make decisions, changes in life. Yeah. And you rebuild from there. And you rebuild. So, do you think, you think the brain tumor was caused by your overworking? I think the more I've talked to people, you know, I even had a session with somebody the other day where he told me, he's like, you've lived in fight or flight your whole life. He's like, 40 years of intense fight or flight. He's like, and it was a lot of thinking. And so he's like, it's no coincidence. And I know it's no coincidence. And it's coupled with so many other things. But for me, I feel like that's why this was such a gift, because I got the opportunity to change my life and to make those adjustments that I needed and to focus on my health, because exactly what you're saying you did, starting to change your diet. I didn't know why I was so exhausted. Always. Always. And I didn't want to be somebody who drank coffee. Now, imagine everyone else who's doing Coke to keep up. Yeah. I was like, how do I keep up with them? Yeah. I'm Red so freaking tired. Coke. And I, I'm now just starting to have a coffee a day. Now, we're talking about when you talk about fatigue, I know the fatigue you're talking about. It's yeah. the fatigue where you're like, you're not tired. <laughs> you're like, I can't get up. 
I can't move tired. Yeah. Like, I need all the sleep I can just to get out of bed for a few hours. Like, I've been there. I've been yeah. there. And, yeah. and that's kind of like what you were feeling? Yeah. And, you know, part of it was I was always anemic, too. And I didn't realize that I just wasn't eating enough of the stuff I what needed. What do you need to eat when you're anemic? So you need a lot of iron. A lot of iron. A lot of steak. Green. You don't eat steak, right? I do. You do. But like I can't eat like this big steak. Like I can eat a little. Like I'm not somebody who has this like voracious appetite right, right. for steak. Um, and even like salad. Like I'm going to have a salad, but it's going to be like a regular size salad. When you look at how much nutrition you really need. I had this guest on my show and she's like a fully raw vegan girl. And when I started listening to how much she's eating like two pounds of kale and tons and tons of stuff, I realized, oh, so I started drinking two green juices a day and things got so much better because I'm getting more really? and more nutrients. So I'm actually going to go test my blood to see if the adjustments I made in this last like month and a half or two months now made a difference. But I know I'm more awake. Do you think you were better. also... Uh... Maybe being a female in the industry and always worried about your everything. figure and everything and whatever. Luckily, you, I didn't worry about the figure. I, like that was the last thing on I my mean, mind. I mean, because I'm wondering a diet. Like in in the beginning, did you no, ever think never. like never? You never. No. You, you always could eat. Yeah, I could always eat, and I also wasn't an actress that had to worry about being in a bikini all the time. Right. But so you were working I for E and Access Hollywood, which yeah. are like, hey, did they ever say Maria? No, never. If they did, would you just? kill them no no my boss used to make fun of me all the time he's like she'd say to my husband he'd be like she's got a huge ass and she just doesn't care (laughs) that's a great thing and i was like hello they're popular but they are popular and they should always be popular these listen for women that are out out there listening and by the way he was a friend so it was okay that he said that (laughs) you have to say that yeah um but I don't think females understand this because I, in Hollywood, I think a lot of w- women tend to, you know, want to be as skinny as possible, and they think that's what guys want. And I, I don't know about Rob, but every guy I know wants a woman with something like. A- yeah, but no girl is thinking about that because at the end of the day. It's more about what the girls are going to say. Do the girls like your hair? Do the girls love your fashion? Oh. Do the girls love your... It's it's the girls that are like, oh my God, you're so skinny. Oh my God, you look amazing. But what the girls aren't sleeping with these girls. I know, but the, like you guys... Well, I mean, some of them. Yeah, but you guys generally are going to love somebody who has it all together and looks pretty or whatever. And then when you get into it, you might be like, oh, she could have a little meat on her. That would be better or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm more attracted. Maybe I got older. When I hit 30, I was booty all the way. All of a sudden, 30, 35. That's when I was like, you know, I want a woman. Yeah. I want a woman. I want I want somebody who could eat with me and have a good meal and not pick a fry off my plate. Yeah. And vice versa. You don't want some skinny guy who just is the, doesn't eat. So those things weren't pressures I ever worried about because if I had a little extra cellulite or something going on, it didn't matter for and, me. And you already had a guy. You already had your man. Yeah, exactly. And he loved me when I was 40 pounds heavier. So it didn't matter. Now, weren't you, you've talked about this, but weren't you heavy growing up? I wasn't heavy growing up. I was thin growing up. Yeah, no. So I started working at Dunkin' Donuts when I was 13. I'm going to blame Dunkin' Donuts. Donuts. So I was eating the coffee rolls and then those bagels were huge and I'd get the bacon, egg and cheese. And then from there I went to the cookies and then the chocolate croissants. And every year Maria got bigger and bigger and bigger. So I went from a size three freshman year to a five, six, to a seven, eight, to a nine, 10. And then I got to a size 14 in college. So now did you feel the pressure? Did you feel like, oh my gosh, did you think I'm fat? I'm overweight. People are judging me. No, I kind of had this thing inside of me where I knew this was my moment 
where I could just let go a little. Really? Yeah, because I was like, someday I'm going to have to lose it. So I'm just one day have a I'm going to be a superstar. Now. I'm going to be just gorgeous and on on all the magazines and doing movies. <laughs> I was and hoping so, it was so going to work right out now, sometime. I can be bigger. Now I can have a little fun. Yeah, That's I knew. I was man. hoping it would work out. Um, I have friends who are still waiting for that. You know, yeah. one day. But I was also lucky that it was in all the right places. So I was like a double D. And I had a double full. D. Yeah, it was huge. And I had a full shelf, but then I still had a six pack. How do you so, do that? So I don't do know. That? It was just my body use, type. Right? No, it was my body type. So some people gain their weight in their stomach. And usually if you gain it in your stomach, you can't ever look thin. So I had uh... no stomach. So no matter what. I would, I still could be okay. I had really chubby face and, you know, my arms were a little thicker, but for the most part, I wore it exactly where someone who appreciates that body type (laughs) would would like. I think, look, overall, after talking to you right now, I'm not going to take away anything I've said, but I will validate. For me, you want to meet someone you just get along with, who's a Mm -hmm. good person, all that shit, right? And be attracted to them. But you do want them to be healthy. Yeah. So whatever that is. Whatever just it is. eating Good point. healthy yeah. foods, you know, and not be obsessing over your weight. Yeah. Like, you know, I wake up in the morning and sometimes I look at my face and I go, wow, how did your face get twice the size it was last night? <laughs> well, you must have eaten a lot of salt. Yeah. Whatever it is. And then some days I'm like, hey, I look okay. And that's just kind of how it is. Inside of you is brought to you by Netflix. Battle Creek, Michigan, 1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn serial rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy, Greats, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Burr, and many more. Friday, May 3rd, only on Netflix. Inside of You is brought to you by Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. This is an amazing platform. I use it on both podcasts. It has worked wonders for me. It's so amazing how easy it is to navigate. If you want to sell products, T-shirts, soap scents, whatever whatever it is, Ryan, you want to sell, this is the way to do it. Uh, you can see what your best seller is right there, analytics, uh, how much you're making this month, uh, what products are selling the best. It's really fantastic. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to, to the did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash inside, 
all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside. I can't, I see The Rock on these fucking Instagram videos. Oh my God, and he The Rock stop. makes me feel so and bad like, about myself. Fuck The Rock. <laughs> fuck The Rock. I love The Rock, by the way. I'm just saying fuck The Rock because... He can't be that happy working out every day. No, he is because he's in his cycle now. Like once you get in, it's like runner's high. Really? I think so. I mean, I've never done that, but I have to believe it's like runner's high where once you're in it, now it's like your thing and you just love it. Oh my I'm God. Like, no, he's been, he's been in his thing for since he's... How about Mark Wahlberg? It wakes up at like 2.30 in the morning. I can't imagine that's fun. <laughs> I just can't imagine these guys are having a great look. They're billionaires. They can do that what they want. Matter, but his know. persona is he has to be built. No one wants to see a fat Marky Mark, I guess. No one wants to see a fat rock. Rock decides I'm not working out for about a month. It's over, over. He's big. He'll get big. So he yeah. probably knows it. And he goes, I don't want to do that. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't it be nice? Like, we don't, I don't think, I don't have to, I don't worry as much. I just kind of just go with the flow. No, Maybe I get more roles if I worked out more no i don't think that's it i think everybody has their thing do they <coughs> i'm like you, dying over sick? here what's the matter you want another cup of coffee water infused with watermelon hint are they a sponsor uh they they hook me up but they don't you know but yes they're awesome the, you know we can give you different flavors they have the pineapple but there's no sugar in there no no gluten if, that, if that's what you're into or not into <laughs> do you like it i love it see i just didn't know what i was gonna drink uh, so i checked it out maria menounos loves hint mm-hmm. send her 25 cases wow that tastes really good you actually they'll send you 10 cases next hell yeah is it good hour. for you what's all the yeah count? it's been going no on for calories, a while no calories no juice no, no juice. carbs Why no, say no juice on a water bottle no juice oh no juice i'm into it all right i'll have a bunch of cases sent to you um this is fun this is really getting to know you yeah i like this you know what's funny i don't feel like we haven't seen each other in a long time i mean i've seen you out and about once in a while but i feel like no time has passed yeah yeah i feel that way too i used to be invited you don't have those big parties anymore or maybe i just haven't been to one in a while i haven't done one in a while you used to have the shit fucking smash fun right Rob, these parties were immense. Name an actor, they were there. I think I saw Mel Gibson at your party. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we dirty danced. Yeah, I remember that was there. I was so wasted. Dude, you were wasted. Uh, it was so much fun. Great house. You don't live there anymore. I do. You do, Same house? Oh, yeah, like With that big like, place where the party was and the house was to the right. Mm-hmm. Big gate. Yeah. Oh, dude, beautiful house. Thank How much you. is that house worth? A lot now. Probably about $8 million. I got an indecent proposal for ten cash. And I was like, no. Well, I said yes, and then I went to Kevin. Somebody offered you no. ten. Wait, somebody yeah, offered send, you ten million. Someone was like, "I'm going to give you ten cash for this." And I was like, "Whether he's serious or not, like really serious, but he's a trust fund person." Yeah. So I was like, "Maybe he is." Um, he's like, "No, I'm serious." And I was like, "Okay, let me see what's out on the market, just for shits and giggles." And it's really hard to find a house like yeah. that. And Kevin's like, "Where's my screening room at this? I'd like find a house." He's like, "Where's, Where's my screening, screening room? room? Where's my basketball court? Where's my this? Where's my that?" I'm like. Okay, point taken, honey. You have everything you need there. Yeah, but we were we were lucky because I found that house right before the housing market crashed. So 2006? So it was... Seven? 2000... Market crashed in eight, right? Eight, yeah. So then it's been 12 years? Yeah. Okay, so I found it and it was really run down. 
and it was definitely below value. What'd you get it for? So I got it for two three. So we're at two million dollars. And, wow, but it's a it big was place. it was below value because it had been run down and let go. So you put a lot of money into it. So the the realtor, Kevin, comes in and he's like, and my parents come in. He's like, yeah, we we can do this. We'll do the work ourselves. And the realtor pulls me aside. He goes, your husband's crazy. This is not something you guys can handle. He's like, please don't do this. You're going to regret it. And he was like trying to talk me out of it because he actually really believed that my family was crazy and that they were going to totally like make a mess of this. Right. And of course, within a month and a half, like all the aesthetics were like done, bathrooms were yeah. redone, Ooh, whatever. Because you I'm live like, there we're forever. Greek. Could you this live is there what forever? we do. Yeah, I love it. You could. I love it. Yeah. Who cooks? Well, you have, um, you have somebody. You have a chef. You have a private chef at your house. No, no. Um, I'd have a private chef. I would if I had that money. Well, my housekeeper was like a chef before, yeah. so she can whip up stuff when I need her to. But I use this thing called Home Chef. Have you used it before? Uh, yeah. They I think send you everything we in the used box. It, right? Yeah, that was pretty cool. It's amazing. So in 30 minutes, you make something and you look like Rachel Ray. And they're friggin' delicious. Wow. So I do that. And then I re- I do enjoy cooking. But yeah. I, it took me a while to get back into it after surgery because I was just... Yeah, when was the surgery? Last summer. It was last summer. Yeah. How do you... Like, what what, what symptoms? Like, people are listening out there. What were things... Ha- what was going on with you in the beginning where you're like, something's off and how did it progress? Okay. So... I was exhausted for life, as I told you earlier. So I wouldn't have noticed that being a symptom. Um, and my mom, eight months before, was diagnosed with brain cancer. So she had a brain tumor as well. Oh, my God. So now I'm taking, I'm quarterbacking her care. So I've been responsible for my parents for the last 16 years, financially, medically, everything. So she gets brain cancer. So now I have to be her Tom Brady she doesn't even know anything. Like I've, I was in charge of every decision. Period. She just was like, "Okay, do whatever you want. Like it's in your hands." So, it's a massive, massive position to be in. It's scary because you have to make decisions, and it's life or death. And so, I was really stressed, and I oh thought God. what I was feeling was stress. So, as the months progressed, what kind of stress are we talking about? So, do you, do you get jittery, like your arms, your body feels like just. I was having a lot of headaches. So, I was on set, I was hosting E News, and I had my radio show on Sirius. And I'd started slurring my speech, and reading prompter all of a sudden became hard. Like and, majorly? Yeah, like vision issues. And I mean, I was like one take queen. And now all of a sudden, I was like, blah, blah, blah. oh gosh. Hold on. Blah, 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 blah. Like I couldn't get the words so you out sometimes. Knew something was wrong. Was that making no. you more? No. 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 So this is what I would do. I'd be like, guys, sorry, it's my stupid brain tumor. <laughs> Let me do that again. So I'm on set, having these issues, headaches. I was so exhausted. I, I was getting this ear pain. So my mom got diagnosed in September. By January, I'm having this awful ear pain. So I thought I had an ear infection. So busy with my mom, just disregarded it. By February, so it went away, and then February comes back. And I was like, oh, maybe my body healed itself, and now it's back. I'm finally going to go to the doctor. Well, why, But wait a minute. Weren't you at any time going to a doctor for a checkup or no. maybe blood who is, work? Who is I'm time? a hypochondriac in a way. I want to go to the doctor at least twice a year and get blood work done. Everybody should, and now right? I do. I'm getting a colonoscopy. They just lowered the age to 45. And I'm getting one. I want go in my ass and see if there's anything <laughs> in there that doesn't look right. Rob? Go for it. All I'm saying is like, it's scary. And so, okay. So I would have. So I wasn't doing physicals. 
Okay, I was like, okay. not happening and just didn't have time. But if something like major was wrong, I would go get it checked, All like right. whatever. So I was having headaches. I was slurring my speech. My vision was becoming problematic. And then Did the your ear neck, pain. Was your neck bothering you? My neck was going out all the time. Like what with your neck? It would just go out and I'd have to get adjusted. It was crazy. So I finally scheduled an appointment to go get my ear infection. I'm like, I have an ear infection. I'm 38. This is so weird. This makes oh no sense. God. Not a fear, not a care in the world. You're like, okay, I'm going to go yeah. in. I went in, had a new doctor, and it was my first time with him. And so I said, I think I have an ear infection. He checks my ear. He's like, your ears are actually too clean. He's like, can you lay off? And um, what else are you feeling? So as I started listing the symptoms, I was like, well, I'm like, I am getting headaches and my vision's kind of going and oh I'm God. slurring my speech. And then I just went, like the light bulb went off in my head and I go, oh my God, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I think I have a brain tumor like my mom. And he's like, I don't think you're crazy, but I also don't like what you're saying. Let's get an MRI to rule, rule this out. So then in the meantime, my mom's tumor, they tell me, is grow, growing. So now I was like, I must be crazy. I started hydrating on set. I was drinking coconut water thinking, oh, it's a hydration issue. I started to feel a little better. I was so focused on my mom and what we were going to do next with her because when you have glioblastoma and they say it's growing, it's like a death sentence. And so I was panicked and I had to work fast to figure out what we were going to do with her. And so in the meantime, I kept pushing the MRI and then finally was like, you know what? I'm not wasting resources. This is silly. I'm crazy. And then one Friday night, my assistant was like, you know, you have an MRI tonight at 930 at UCLA. And I said, what? I'm like, what am I going to do that on a Friday night for? And then I was like, you know what? Might as well go get this done. And we went and that was it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't, don't right. just say that was it. That was it. I went in. I, oh, I put yeah. the hospital gown on. I took a picture and I was like, this is the moment I become a patient. I knew it. What, 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 and then I went in for the what, MRI and they ordered it without contrast. So you can get one with or without. Right, when you dye, get it without, right. it's like simple. When you need it with contrast, that means there's something wrong. So they ordered it without. I come out of the tube and they're like, hey, we're so sorry. We're gonna have to put you back in and do another one with contrast. And because I've gone through this with my mom, I know what they're talking about. And I said, huh. Are you not scared right now? I'm scared right now hearing this story. Yeah. I'm like actually getting anxiety. Rob. I was kind of like, honestly, I didn't care. At that point, I was like, whatever. So they give me the injection. I go back in. And when I come out, I tell Kevin, I said, we're going to get bad news. So I want you to start preparing. And then we went home. And then we had to pack my mom because I was sneaking her off to Mexico to do some like cleansing and holistic treatments because I wanted to treat her tumor as if it was side effects of chemo and not regrowth. And I was right. And the day we checked her in and my dad to Mexico, we, you know, unpacked them, set them up for success. My assistant keeps calling me and she's like, Dr. Aaronin wants to talk to you right away. He wants to see you in person. And I'm like, I'm not going to see him in person. I know exactly what he's going to tell me pretty much. And I said, tell him I'm in Mexico for two weeks. I need him to call me. So he called me and he's like, so I don't know how to tell you this because I know you're going through so much with your mom, but you were right. You have a brain tumor. And I was by myself hidden in a part of the apartment. So my mom couldn't hear, or my dad couldn't hear. And I said, okay, I started taking notes down. I was like, okay, you think it's a meningioma, blah, blah, blah. All right. And he's like, schedule an appointment with a neurologist right away. 
So I hung up. I had a pee. So I texted. I ran to the bathroom. And I'm texting my best friend. I'm like, I have a brain tumor. Don't tell anybody. I got to wait to tell Kevin. Holy shit. Are you not like, it seems to me like it hasn't hit you yet, has it? No. And then Kevin comes home. He was at the corner store. He comes home. I go, we need to go outside right now. And we went outside and I turned the camera on and I started filming instantly because I'm such a like, you know, I talk about everything. And I said, so um, Dr. Aaron and called and I have a brain tumor too. And he just went, and his head went down and he just, we're in a parking lot in Mexico. Is he crying? He just, no, he just was in like total shock. And I'm like, what are we going to do? We can't tell anybody. I'm like, we can't tell my parents, right? And he goes, no, we can't tell your parents. Because they were like... That would kill them. Yeah, my dad was a shell of a human at that point. He was so tired from everything. <clears throat> and so my next call was to my lawyer, who's like my best friend. And I was like, Kevin, what am I going to do? No one's ever going to hire me again. That's where my That's mind went. That's where mine was. And he was like, keep it close to the vest for now. He's like, let's go see what what's up first. So call my doctor, who was my mom. I call my mom's doctor's office, Dr. Black at Cedar sinai who operated on her and scheduled an appointment. And they're like, wait, this is for your mom, right? I go, no, it's for me. And then we went and saw him and I was like, so surely this is going to be an easier surgery than my mom's, right? Because if you think it's a meningioma, that means it's probably benign. And he's like, nope. And I'm like, what? And he's like, well, where it's located is really dangerous and difficult. It was, it's in this place called the Meckles Cave, and it's wrapped around the trigeminal nerve. So the trigeminal nerve controls the whole right side of my face. So my face could have been paralyzed. My eyes would have been all crazy if anything had gone wrong, which for a minute it was. And um, you had to go in through the back of the brain and out through the middle and behind the eyes. And it was a whole thing. It was, And I was like how long is it going to take? And he thought it was going to be about four and a half or five hours, ended up being almost eight hours. And when I came out of surgery, my eyes were going crazy, like fluttering back and forth. And everyone started like crying and freaking out. And I was worried about the woman like screaming next door. And I always deploy Kevin. Like when someone needs help, I'm like, honey, go help her. Or if we're on a plane and someone can't lift their suitcase, I'm like, honey, go help him. Right. Go help her. So I deployed him instantly. I'm like, honey, go help the lady next door. She needs help. She's screaming. No. And he's like, Maria, you just woke up from surgery. Please stop. And he goes, I'm like, honey, no, she needs help. Go help her. And he literally told the nurses, he's like, knock her out. First, I, I quoted Rocky. And then all of this what, happened. What would you, let me guess. Let me guess. Go for it. No. Um, it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can it take. It ain't about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep on getting hit. What did you say? Good, good job. <laughs> yeah. So he knocked me out. And well, your family doesn't know anything right now at this point? No, I told my parents. Yeah. So the way we finally did it was three nights before surgery. So two nights before surgery, I was throwing myself a little birthday party. And I wanted to go into it with like love. And my whole take on this tumor was it's probably benign. And I'm going to take this on in the most comedic of ways. I'm just going to be funny about it. And we called her Debbie. The it's tumor. not the tumor. The co- yeah, the code word for the tumor was Debbie. I'm like, oh, fucking Debbie's killing me today. And so that was what I would say all the time. Right. And I would crack jokes. And my best friend, of course, hated me for it. But I remember, like, I was telling my housekeeper, Violetta, she was one of the first people I told. because She was home. And she's like a second mom. And she was like, why aren't you sad? And I'm like, because I'm so done. I don't care. Isn't that something when you get to a point where you're just so tired, you just That's really don't care? Is. 
You didn't care. I really didn't. Just put me under. Honestly, I want to go to sleep. It would be the best sleep I've ever had. It would have been amazing. Yeah. Isn't that messed up? That's how I was it's thinking. Up. I've cut. Yeah. No, I've because I didn't want to live that life anymore, and I was just stuck yeah. in it. Yeah. Don't you think that that's how people, a lot of people are easy to jump the gun and say, oh, I can't believe that person killed themselves. They're, why would they do that to their family? People don't understand what certain individuals are going through and what's in their mind and mental issues and pain. Mm -hmm. Okay. I've had five back surgeries and people have been in a lot worse pain than I have, but I've been in such pain where I've went and locked myself in a room and cried while I have people downstairs hanging out at the house. Yeah. I've been in so much pain that I'm like... I don't fucking care. Now, accentuate that with depression and other things that people go through. And Anxiety it doesn't and toxicity in the, the business. Uh, and, yeah. Right. Things can just go get so bad in your own mind that people don't understand. And it's just like, it's it sounds macabre, mm-hmm. but really it's just, it's just, you. I don't know what the word is. You sort of withdraw. You kind of just come to terms with... Like I remember, there there were moments where I'm just like, oh yeah, I just want to drive right off the road right now. I do not even give a shit. I mean, there's not all the time. You make it sound funny. Sorry, I didn't mean I, to laugh. Well, you know, you, the way well, you it said. sounds like Chris Farley's is like, sometimes I just want to drive off the goddamn road. My dad died. I just remember Tommy Boy and the guy's like, get out. Oh, I didn't Get mean out. to laugh, but I was like, you're, you're too <laughs> no, but funny. it's true. I was. I'm yeah, not, that's look, I don't. Up. I'm not dwelling on how, but I'm just saying you had to have broken down at some point. No, you never broke down. So nothing. No, she. I just was kind. Of, I was just tired, and I was like, if this is God's message, and it's time for me to go, like I've lived a great life, it's all good, and I didn't. And I was nervous that I didn't care. So I met with a kinesiologist, and I said, he was like, how are you holding up? And I'm like, I'm just dying to be me. And he goes, have you read the book? (laughs) And I go, I didn't know there was a book. Anyhow, I was like, I don't know if I believe myself. Am I like one of those people that's saying I don't care and that I'm just so tired that, you know, whatever happens, happens and I'm not afraid is test me and tell me if I'm being real with myself. Right. Because you just never know if you're being tough and maybe subconsciously like you are nervous. And he tests me, he goes, no, you're not scared and you don't care. He's like, that's that's we gotta fix that <laughs> and i was like okay so wow. anyhow we kept it from my mom and dad and so i knew that we were having this little birthday party two nights before and someone could accidentally tell them so i was like we'll tell them the night before so we waited till like nine thirty, just at bedtime so that we could just kind of get it done and they could go to bed and we walked into their room and sat with them and said hey so we have to talk to you guys about something And you could see their eyes perk up. And I'm like, no, we're not pregnant. (laughs) And so I said, first, before we get into anything, I'm like, I want to talk to you about what you have, mom. I'm like, you have a brain tumor, but yours is cancerous. I said, there are other kinds of brain tumors that are not cancerous. I said, so we just found out that I have one of those that's probably not cancerous. I said, no big deal. We're going to go in for surgery on Thursday. Dr. Black's going to do it. We've already been there. We know the, the waiting room. We know everything. All good. And my mom's eyes are welling up. My dad's eyes are welling up. But I confused them so quickly with positivity and like just kind they of like made it so yeah, routine that's good. that they didn't really feel it. And I was like, it's all good. No big deal. Like you did it. Okay, we're out. And that was it. So the next day, they were kind of like a little zombie-ish, but we had to prep for the party. So now I had distractions. So we were prepping for the party and we we got that, you know 
done. And then the night before surgery, I had committed previous to the diagnosis to coming and supporting Dr. Black (laughs) at this brain tumor um, event that was honoring him. And so he was like, uh, are you still going to come? I'm like, sure, of course I'm going to come. So the night before surgery, we're at the Saban family house in Beverly Hills. Isn't it the Saban? Saban. Yeah. And <laughs> correct. You. And we're sitting there with like all these people and they're showing brain surgeries that Dr. Black's performed on big and screens. And you're seeing like, this is what I'm about to do. And I'm like, T minus like six hours. He's going to be in mine and no one here knows. And so, and I looked at him, I go, I'm watching you. You're two drink maximum, buddy. Did you, uh, see, did you not say, oh, by the way, he's doing my surgery tomorrow? No, I didn't tell anybody. Were you tempted? Were you thinking about it? No, I didn't. We didn't, we kept it really, really tight because I didn't know what was going to happen on the other side. And so I wanted to wait until, per my lawyer was like, and my friend, he was like, Maria, just wait till we get to the other side. Let's see what you're dealing with. What if there are complications? So when, um, you know, we didn't tell anybody for like two weeks, I think, um, I started telling like my close, close friends, like, I think the day before people magazine came out so that they didn't find out from the magazine. I mean, I had some close, close friends that knew, of course, but then like the next layer I started telling, like I didn't tell any family or anything because I have a huge Greek family. Once you tell one, everybody's going to know. When did you know it was benign? After surgery. So you don't know until they actually biopsy. Right. And so he's like, I've been tricked before, so I can't guarantee you, but I'm pretty sure yours is benign. And then when we had the biopsy, then we knew. And then what happened? So, so you have to shrink it, right? Or they take it out? No, he removed he thing? removed as much as he could, but there's a part of it that's wrapped around the nerve. Right. And it would paralyze me if he did anything in there. So I already had an issue when I came out of surgery. I told you my eyes the were going eyes. crazy. So they brought in an eye patch for the worst one. And he's like, I don't know how you're, how long you're going to need this for. He's like, I can't predict. Well, did he say like uh, an hour to two? No, he said it could be an hour. It could be days. It could be weeks. And so I instantly, I remember not being able to see. I was seeing triple. And I remember saying to myself, okay, if this is going to be your new normal, we got to design the, sh- the coolest fucking costume. I'm just going to be like a character from now on. So I started designing these like thigh high boots in my head and I'm going to like bedazzle the patch and I was going to be like Sasha Fierce. I was going to have my Sasha Fierce, but you that was going to be my everyday. You go into... Solutions. Always. Yeah. You know, I passed out once. They put a needle in me and I, <laughs> I got vasor vagal. So you... I passed out. What's vasor vagal? It's, it's when... They don't tell you about this, but it happens to some people... And I had had a lot of needles in me, not because I'm a heroin addict or anything, but they, they, they put a needle in you and, well, my, I saw my arm was a little swollen. I was like, she was trying to get the vein and it Ugh. just kept going. Something hit, connected with my brain. Everything just drops. Everything just drops. You, mm-hmm. you, and it's like fight or flight, kind of like all the blood goes right to your heart to keep it beating. And I, I lost my vision for like a minute. I was blind. And then I just remember her hovering over me, the nurse saying, Michael, wake up, Michael, Michael, we're with you You're Oof, with me. I just and got I the go, chills. Yeah, and I look up and I can't see anything. I'm black. And I'm like, and after about 20, 30 seconds, I'm like, all right, close your eyes. Okay. You're blind right now. You're blind. You're going to, there's a way. And, I, and it, what you're saying is, I felt like 
millions of things were speeding it. I mean, it was so fast where like you go to doctors, you go to specialists, you'll do this, you'll do this, they'll figure it out, they'll figure it out this is not the end of the day, it's not the end of the road. It's it's almost like everything's saying, yeah. hey, stay, 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 you're gonna be okay. And it was so scary. Mm-hmm. But then your mind kind of just I don't know, it it manipulates you or tells you mm-hmm. I started thinking positively in a weird way. I was very calm. I go, Hey, I'm I'm blind. Uh, so I think you probably should go get the doctor. And they're like, uh, are, oh are you sure? God. I go, yeah, yeah. I'm, my eyes are open. I'm blind. I can't see anything. And, That's so scary. and my assistant was with me, Jess. And I remember she had a friend that died in front of her and it happened just sort of like she, she says Ooh, my body was twitching. So and crazy. It, was just, it was, it was really crazy. And she was crying and I was like, oh my God. In fact, when the, uh, the nurse left the room, I just like looked at her and I went, <laughs> I just started crying. Yeah, I just was scary. a mess, man. I was a mess. I mean, I just got really emotional. So, you know, I'm wondering, like, you haven't, you never really had that emotional. You're fucking no. tough as shit, Manu. The Manunas. only thing, actually, when I cried, I forgot to tell you. So I didn't cry the whole time. Um, I cried when I told some of my closest friends because I was almost embarrassed. I don't know why. Embarrassed that you had a tumor? I was embarrassed that I had to call them up and bother them in their day and tell them like, oh, woe is me. I have a problem. And their reactions were so beautiful and they were so kind and amazing. Like everybody just, first of all, I feel like I had a funeral without having a funeral, right? So I got to hear what I meant to people. I had no idea what people thought of me or that they thought of me at all. And so hearing what people thought of me and who I was to them was like crazy amazing. And it made me so emotional because you just think you're nothing. And then you hear you're something and you're like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Maybe I should have one of those, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> a brain tumor? Uh, no. No, I hope I don't have that. Throw yourself I, a funeral. I throw myself a funeral. I want to yeah. hear what some fuckers have to say, man. <laughs> I need some... Uh... Uh, okay. So... so I cried then and then I cried. And so before surgery, I was cracking jokes and the whole thing. And I had my Rocky theme song ready. So we rolled in with Rocky. Oh. And um, and I only time I cried was I pulled the nurse aside and I said, listen... I said, I'm really shy. I said, if Dr. Black and these people see me naked, I'm going to die. So I need you to cover me. I said, I know you're going to have to put a catheter in. I want to die at the thought of a catheter going in me. And I never have had surgery like that. I had, well, I had IVF surgery, which is even more vulnerable. What's IVF? um, Where you, you know, grow your eggs and have them retrieved. Oh, that's what it's IVF, Yeah. yeah. So that was mortifying anyway, too. But I was like, Do you know that, Rob? Nope. Really? Yeah. In vitro fertilization. Edumacation. <sighs> um, exosomatikigonima pisi. That's how you say it in Greek. Wow. It sounded Spanish. It's a big word. Um, I want to go to Greece. Anyhow. Go ahead, yeah. So I cried when I told her that. I was like, I'm so embarrassed, please. Aww. And so she was like, I got you. She's like, I had to have surgery here. And my colleagues were the ones who were doing this. She's like, I was mortified. So that was the only time I like kind of wept and then that was it wow i'll show you a picture actually so you can yeah, see I how see kind this. of fucked up my eyes look um, at that time because it's kind of creepy how fast did you start to feel better like no headaches the fatigue went away did that take a while uh it took a long time so there were different like levels Do you still deal with it yeah there's always going to be some kind of pain or headache um this might be when i talked some Iraqi quote. Let's see. Oh, you can hear the lady moaning in the back. I'm surprised 
keep moving forward. How much you can take? No tape on your head. How much you can take? And what? So that was me. Kind of. How does that make you feel when you hear that? I get emotional. I look at this poor girl. I'm like, she suffered. That was really hard. But I have like such a different feeling of yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't even look like you. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. I feel like for me, because oh. I went through it in such a positive way, I didn't feel it. I mean, like this is, I mean, this is so creepy. Like that was me. <laughs> I'm like laid oh up in a God. bed with She's a leg compressor. Leg to keep the blood circulating. Yeah. And you I probably look, lost a lot of weight. I was so, this. so skinny. Right. So when I was recovering, I was in, um, at my house, I was eating Snicker ice cream bars like they were going out of style. I mean, what? but I have like a crazy eye picture too, which, cause this is when he made them put me to sleep because I couldn't, um, I was just so focused was on he that pretty lady. confident though? Like did he say, Hey, you're yeah. not going to die. Kevin yeah, or the doctor? The doctor. No, I don't think the doctor ever thought I was going to die. So you look at my eyes. That like really shows you how fucked up my eyes were in the moment. Um, uh, he, I don't think he thought I was going to die. Um, but when you're having brain surgery, you can't, he's not going to say that. But he said, I had another top surgeon in the country who looked at, he said the, um, he said that, uh, it could be catastrophic. He, he used the words catastrophic like in the word. email. Yeah. It could be catastrophic um, what? The complications and, you know. So they can make if this a long done, move yeah, if this and isn't you can done be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dr. Black was very honest with me about everything. And it was, it was just kind of like, okay. But I've definitely gone through so much in my life that I feel like I didn't realize how strong I was until I went through this. And I think, you know, I always say to people, if you go through things with a positive mindset – I only can see from this example. I went through it super positive. I saw it as a gift and I used comedy. We always have a saying in our house, comedy must rule. And so I used comedy and I think that's why I look back on this and I'm like, that wasn't that bad. It was okay. But then you look at the pictures in the video and I have video of me walking my first steps and I can't walk. And I had to use a walker for the longest time around my house because I had no balance. So it was also the balance Uh, nerve. So I was holding on to Kevin for months. You look look like a different person. Like it really hit me. Like the story is emotional and real and raw. And, and I was a little emotional hearing the story. And then I see the pictures and that just puts my mind like, whoa, that is yeah. a really sick girl. The way you speak, it makes you sound like you went in there. Just you look beautiful. Got my nails uh, done. You got your nails done. <laughs> uh, you know, you're and I look at this picture. I'm like, no, you which makes you have to look at that and go look at yourself and go, wow, I really was not in a good place. Yeah, I'm really lucky. I really am. It was really hard. But like I said, it would have been so much more hard if I was in a different mindset. And I was lucky, like I had Kevin, who's the most incredible nurse. I had um, my best friend, Alyssa, took time off of work and didn't leave my side. My best friend, Rachel, came out and visited me often. Um, my friend, Anastasia, like I had a lot of people that yeah. were around me. And um, and literally the outpouring of love in the industry and I had you know, former presidents send me notes. I mean, people were really pushing for you. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a crazy story to have a mother daughter brain tumor situation going on. And everybody who knows me knows how dedicated I was to taking care of my mom. And that was something that was scary to me was 
having to kind of let go of her while Not being I able to take care of her. Yeah. And so I made sure Kevin was up to speed on everything. And, and, you know, there's, I have footage of Kevin, you know, I have friends who um, have cryotherapy chambers and stuff here in town. So they brought over I a go to portable the US one on the U S cryotherapy on, um, uh, Ventura and Laurel. Yeah. I was going to suggest it for your back. It's, it's really good. Amazing. Yeah. So they sent over a machine you know, that they can do the, um, the wand, the wand, yeah. And he would do me and then he would do my mom because we're both on the couch. Like, <laughs> Jesus, yeah. <laughs> both recovering from brain surgery. But I'm doing a whole documentary on it because I filmed every step of it. And I filmed every step of it, A, because I wanted to know, I wanted to remember my reactions because my life moves so fast. And so I love documenting everything. And then B, I was thinking, well, maybe I'll edit a video on YouTube because I wanted so much information that I couldn't get about what this all looks like. And I know if someone else is going through it, they're going to want that too. So I did it for that reason. In the meantime, Kevin took my footage off my phone and him and my COO of AfterBuzz TV edited the whole thing into a doc. And um, now I'm going to morph the doc. So it's not just like, oh, poor brain tumor girl. It's going to be a message to women and all the new perspectives I've gained and how we can all change our lives without getting a brain tumor, basically. Wow. That's pretty damn amazing. Um, Also, shout out, by the way, After Buzz, my friend Jen uh, Golden and Lauren Leonelli have a show on After Buzz. Oh, yeah. It's complicated. I've done that a few times. That's your studio, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So what do you do now? Like, first of all, on a scale from one to ten, if one was the worst where you were obviously a one at this time. Yeah, yeah. What are you now? Um, Probably seven, eight. It's hard because the fatigue is still there. What kind of fatigue? Do you still have that horrible fatigue sometimes? Not it's getting better. Um, and then the headaches still come and I have like on the right side, it sometimes it feels like it's like four inches thicker than the left side. If that makes any sense. It's just just a lot of pressure here. Yesterday I was getting my hair cut and I thought someone was electrocuting the back of my head. Um, so I felt like, I'm like, is this what a stroke feels like? Cause this sucks. Well, what do you do for stress? What do you do? What do you like? I meditate. As often as I can, I'm going to implement a new routine. I'm like, my whole life is changing right now. And so I'm adjusting my schedule and creating a whole new routine. So um, right now I only have my guitar classes and my Pilates classes scheduled. Once I get back to my desk, I'm going to sit down and figure out, you know, getting in my acupuncture and getting in my, you know, when I'm going to meditate so that it all is a routine because I really like a routine. So you do acupuncture. I do acupuncture. You do um, meditation, mm-hmm. your, your diet is pretty healthy. You take, you're drinking yeah, two green juices. I'm actually juices. going to, um, Oh, I gotta get going. Yeah. I have to go to a nutritionist. I'm seeing, um, this is my first time. I just get overwhelmed with all this stuff and it's just like so much to do. I wish somebody would just like make it so easy. This is what you want for breakfast. This is what you want for lunch. Yeah. These are your choices. That's it. Yeah. Keep doing this. Keep eating. Good luck to yeah. you. Yeah. What I've learned from my show, um, shameless plug conversation with Maria Menounos, the podcast, I had this girl, like I said, she was fully raw vegan. I've had, you know, nutritionists and stuff like that. But what I realized is I eat the same things every day. Do you eat the same things almost every day? Yeah. Eggs. So. um, Uncured bacon, avocado, (laughs) uh, gluten-free toast, sometimes not, and Mm -hmm. some decaf coffee. Is that not good? No, it's not that. It's just where's the variety that's going to bring you different nutrients. So before I went on my honeymoon, I was really depleted. 
and tired. And, you know, some of that is from the anemia or whatever. But I realized, oh, I'm, I've denied myself fruit thinking it's too high in sugar and I can fall into type two diabetes very quickly. So I have to be careful. And I was again in that moment. So I stopped eating fruit. Um, I'm really like, I, I eat the same things. So I realized I need more greens. So I, you know, started implementing the green juices at least one or two a day. And I started eating more fruit and variety of things. Like normally if I saw a salad that had all the weird stuff, I'd put the weird stuff off to the side. Now I'm eating it. I don't care what it is. That's variety. So I'm just trying to, to do that. I like it. So, well, you know, what's amazing is we talked about this the whole time and I didn't plan to. I was going to just breeze by the tumor. Yeah. Bye-bye. But I think it was so inspirational to hear this that, I mean, you went through, I mean, taking care of your mother with with cancer and a tumor and then finding out you have a tumor Mm -hmm. and then being strong and having the people who really love you. And it's also nice to see that people really do love you. I mean, that's, I mean, it's hard sometimes to comprehend that because you're so busy. Everybody relies on Maria. Everybody relies, you know, my family, in a sense, me. But, you know, you're always happy, you're doing this, you're going out yeah. covering this, you're doing this, you're doing movies, you're... People love you, but they don't feel like they need to tell you because, like, oh, she hears it all the time. Yes. It's sort of like you don't, but you need to hear it. You need yeah. to know you're loved. Yeah. Well, Hence the funeral. I say to people, I'm like, we've gone from being human beings to human doings. And that's the thing that I've changed in my life is now I'm making time to be a human being and to have those moments. And so it's, I don't want to be a human doing that's like attached to my phone and, you know, yeah. just going to the next thing. And that's why I was documenting everything. Cause my life was just going so quickly. Yeah. I want to hear, uh, I'm going to email you every once in a while for just ideas on how to do that more. Like Rob yeah. and I are doing this thing. Chris Sullivan from this is us came on the show and he was like every, he, he started this thing that he's been doing and we got involved and we're on this text. We're just every morning, say what you're grateful for to each mm-hmm. other. Just a quick, hey, I'm grateful for this. Yeah. I'm grateful for having Maria Menunos on my show to tell me, you know, more about life and how to be aware of of, of things. I, just being present. Do you pray? I, I I do pray. I don't pray enough, but I do pray. Do you so pray? I do. So I pray every night, and I feel like I pray all day long, and I'm always saying thank you for everything. Yeah. And praying for everyone's health around me. But I think that's also something that helped get me through too, is because I have such a strong belief that. Whatever is happening is happening for me, not to me. And whatever is coming is for a reason. And I think if you can think like that, everything gets better because of it. So that's why I was kind of like, oh, if this is it, this is it. If it's not, it's not. It's like I'm just going with the flow. And it's so much easier to live like that. It is. You don't want to live stressed your whole life. You don't want to be 80 years old and go, what was I I doing? Yeah. I wasn't enjoying things. You're kind of going through the motions. I'm taping everything, but I'm not in the moment. Mm-hmm. No, never, because you know? you're always thinking, oh, gosh, I got to advance to the next thing. And what's the next yeah. thing? I, I mean, got to blah, 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 blah. Uh, quick questions. Really quick. You can answer them quickly. Emily Sudol, Ian Sue, who was the best break dancer in the movie? Rosenbaum or Kennedy? I have to go back and watch. Fine. I know Jamie worked really hard on it. He did. Um, but I don't remember yours. So maybe Jamie. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, fuck you. <laughs> uh, at Joseph Ruiz Jr., how is it working with the WWE fans oh, who have turned on you for some reason? The greatest. Is that true? I don't think they turned on you. No, no, they don't turn on me. But I listen, I get it. Um, well, because you're I not have, in that, yeah. But I have wrestled and I'm 4 0, and so they've also accepted me and loved me for it. You don't know about my wrestling career? I have. I don't know about Damn, it. Damn, Michael, you got to go. I wrestled at WrestleMania 28 at Dolphin Stadium in Miami. It was crazy. 
Sunset Flip is videos? my signature Can I see move. That? Oh, full on. They're all over YouTube. Yeah. Dude, I actually, it was fuck? the highlight of my life. Um, Dude, I got to check I that out. I love the WWE. They're my family. In fact, I was talking to Kevin this morning. I was like, I feel like we need to interview Stephanie McMahon for the doc. And he's like, Maria goes, that was the only place you felt at home. It was the only family that welcomed you and loved you in terms of like in this business where I felt like safe and I felt like they got me. And so I was like crying this morning. I love them. So, yeah. Well, look, this has been an honor. I mean, I, I know you, we haven't seen each other, but it does seem like time hasn't, even though it's been many years, Mm -hmm. I think, right? Yeah. We just kind of picked up where we left off. Thanks. You do a great job, by the way. This is fun. I just kind of, I just, you know, I just want to have a conversation with you. And I learned so much. And I, I think when people, I always think, what do people want to hear? That's Mm -hmm. sort of like, what do I want to know? Yeah. Because I'm sort of a simpleton. That's how my mind works. I just Mm want to know these things. Like what was the abbreviation for the eggs thing? The eggs? The EVB. Oh, IVF. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. I learned that. Didn't you, Rob? Yes. We're learning. How do you Um, say it in Greek, guys? Oh. I told you. I taught you. Say it again. Sounds like a Harry Potter spell. My my Greek friend was teaching me it because, of course, that's too complicated of a word I didn't know. So um, I had a lot of fun learning that one. You sound really, you're very animated when you do like that. (laughs) Because I had to learn. It's (laughs) such a lot. I had to like create a whole thing for it. (laughs) Um, You've got so much going. You got conversations with Maria, Mm -hmm. right? Maria Menounos. Yeah. On Apple Podcasts. On Apple Podcasts. Drops every Monday. It just dropped. Um, what's your Instagram and Twitter, all that stuff? At Maria Menounos, which is me noun O-S. Right. Me noun O-S. You've got After Buzz shows going on. People yes. are doing lots of shows there. What else? Yeah. You're so doing a documentary on your, on, your, um, on your brain tumor and all that? Yeah, After Buzz TV, we produce after shows for your favorite TV shows. So if you're a fan of 90 Day Fiance, which you guys are soon to be, right. you will listen to our after show right after the show on AfterBuzzTV.com, or you can subscribe on Apple for that as well i love it anything else you want to talk about anything else you got going on you're trying to keep right now i feel like you're taking care of you yeah i am it's funny people always ask me so what do you got going on and i'm like you if hate I say that thing does that mean that i'm not important enough for you right now? i think you just got to say i'm just doing it yeah because i'm, I'm like, doing what i want to do because i think my real power is in that i know what I am and what I want and I'm focusing on myself and then the things I really care about rather than just doing everything and being everything. Yo, it's not how hard you hit. It's how many times you could be hit. <laughs> no, how hard forward. you could be hit. Wait, what is it again? You've got to watch Rocky Balboa. Have you not seen of it? Of course. I've seen every Rocky. Oh I, I just worked with Stallone. I was doing an impression with him. No way. To him. He's when? Like, Are you doing an impression of me right now? I'm in the room. No way. Where did you do this? Uh, I did Guardians of the Galaxy too, and then I was ha- meeting because I'm having neck surgery, and I was meeting with my surgeon. And he goes, "Oh, Stallone's outside." I go, well, "Tell him to get in here." He's like, "Okay, hey, Sly." He's like, "What?" I said, "Sly, you're two hours early." He's like, "Hey, I could be as early as I want." I go, "Sly, what's up?" He's like, "What are you doing here?" I'm like, "I don't know. My neck's fucked. My neck's fucked. My back's fucked. Everything's fucked." Oh my god! This is whole. He's thing. one of my like we friends, and I forever. can't believe you nail him so well. Oh, he's the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love him. He's Do you know a, he wrote me the most guy. beautiful note after surgery? Really? Because I sent can I him. Guess, can I guess what he said? Hey Maria, hey beautiful tumor, no tumor. <laughs> <You're> beautiful. <laughs> no, he said. Uh, I sent him the video of me quoting Rocky. I said, "If you didn't know how much your words inspire me and move me." Now I think you will. And it happened to be his birthday when I sent it. And he wrote me back this beautiful letter. And at the end, he said, P.S. Rocky would never, ever, ever want to fight you. 
That's awesome. It was really cute. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that family. Well, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you. Thank um, you for being inside of me. <laughs> great response. Great response. Uh, yeah, this was a real treat. Thank and you. Um, I wish you the best always. Thanks. Keep in touch. Yes, absolutely. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.